0: So the reading today is from Ecclesiastes chapter one, verses 1 to 11, and it's on page 539 of the Pew Bibles. Um, "Everything is meaningless. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. "Meaningless, meaningless," says the teacher. "Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come? And generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets, and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north, round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new? It was here already, long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Hi uh, Good morning everyone, my name is Jonathan and I'm the French minister here at uh, Cisac. and today we're starting a short series of talks in the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament and if you don't know where the book of Ecclesiastes is, it's just after the book of Proverbs or it's just before the book of Song of Songs, which is just before Isaiah and if you don't know where Isaiah is, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do for you but God can. That's why we can pray to him. Let's pray together. Creator God, as we open your word of life together, the Bible, may You Holy Spirit open our hearts so we can trust and obey you. In your Son's name. Amen. Let me tell you the story of a David Foster Wallace, uh, an American writer who was called one of the most influential and innovative writers of the last 20 years, according to the Los Angeles Times. Do you know David Foster Wallace? In 2005, he delivered a very famous speech at Kenyon College in the US. A speech which uh, became a book called This is Water. And I'd like to quote just a few sentences from this book to start with. This is what he says. In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there is actually no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshipping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. If you worship money and things, If they are what you really tap, real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Worship your body and beauty and sexual allure, and you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally plant you. Worship power. You will feel weak and afraid, and you will need ever more power over others. To keep the fear at bay worship your intellect being since a smart you will end up feeling stupid a fraud always on the verge of being found out what do you worship where do you tap real meaning in life at the end of the day what's the point of life what's the point of your life I think that's one of the main questions the author of Ecclesiastes, uh, the teacher, the preacher, the philosopher, some people even say the professor. That's one of the main questions Ecclesiastes is asking in the first chapter of his book, which is, I must say, one of my favorite books in the Bible. Look, what I love about that book is that it describes life as it is, forcing you to face reality. And what is this reality? What is it? Well, look at verse 2 with me. The word of a teacher, son of David, king of Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is? That's right, meaningless. This meaninglessness is a bit like the breath of your mouth. If you try to catch the breath of your mouth in your hands, you can try, what happens? Let's try it together. Did you catch it? Let's try again. Did you catch it? You can't catch it, can you? Why? Because it evaporates, because it vanishes, because it disappears, it doesn't last. And now I think that's what the teacher means when he says that everything is meaningless. Everything evaporates. Everything vanishes. Everything disappears. Everything is fleeting, fragile, and futile. And maybe that's your experience of life. Maybe. Maybe you've been disappointed in your life. Maybe you've been unsatisfied. Maybe you've been frustrated by life at home. At work? Or at church? Especially in the past few weeks. Maybe you agree with the the American poet, Carl Sandburg, who said that life is like an onion. You peel it off, one layer at a time, and sometimes you weep. And the question is, why is that? Why? Why does this world... Sometimes look like a valley of tears. Why? Well, the Bible answers that question. It gives an account of reality of the world we live in because there is something which is completely crooked, completely twisted, completely corrupted in this world. That's what Ecclesiastes says in chapter 1, verse 15. Something is crooked because one day what the Bible calls sin entered the world through one man, Adam, Kate knows this, she's going to talk about that passage in a few days, Adam cut himself off from the creator of life by disobeying him, that's what we learn in Romans chapter 5 verse 12, and you see that's, that's what happens when you decide to cut yourself off from your creator. From the creator of life, what happens when you cut yourself off from the creator of life? Well, life becomes a mess. And you know what? You die. That's what meaninglessness is all about. Hence, Ecclesiastes has this question look at verse 3 with me. If everything is meaning- meaningless, what do people gain from other labors at which they toil under the sun? Do you see wh- what he means? What's the point? What's the purpose of living Is if everything is meaningless? If there is no eternal reality, if there is no God? What's the point of studying, studying medicine, for example? What's the point of working hard, of buying a house, of paying off a mortgage? If a house we're building is going to be demolished, if we're going to die one day, what's the point? What's the purpose? If we live in a world where there's no eternal reality, no God, we are doomed to look for the meaning of life in this life without finding it. And I think that's exactly what Ecclesiastes wants to tell us in the first chapter of his book. What's the point of living if the meaning of life cannot be found in the nature of this world? That's what we will see from verse 4 to 7. What's the point of living? What's the point of life? If the meaning of life cannot be found in the history of the world, that's what we will see from verse 8 to 11. But before we continue, uh, I'd like to to say that I'm very much indebted to John Stott. Uh, John Stott was an English pastor, and um, who helped me to understand, I think, the internal logic structure of his passage. I'm very much indebted to him. And you can listen to his sermons on the the All Souls website, www.allsouls.org. So first of all, let's look together at verse 4 to 7. The meaning of life cannot be found in the nature of the world. In these verses, Ecclesiastes wants us, almost forces us, to look very closely at the world. The earth, for example which remains the same, even when generations of people come and go. Verse 4. Did you see that? Look at verse 5 now. The sun rising and setting. Look at verse 6. The wind, which goes round and round. A bit like in the kids' song. The wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and round. Okay, stop. Look at verse 7. The sea, which is never full, even when streams of water flow into it. Can you see that? The world we live in is basically a treadmill. It makes me think of the Greek myth of Sisyphus. A cunning king was punished by having to roll up a huge stone on a hill, only for it to roll down as he approaches the top. In a way, this is the reality of the world we live in, isn't it? life is a is is a cycle an eternal cycle which goes round and round which leads nowhere and which is meaningless in itself so the meaning of life cannot be found in this life in the nature of this world because the world in itself is subjected to meaninglessness it goes round and round and goes nowhere so, if the meaning of life cannot be found in the natural world, can it be found in the history of the world? Well, the answer is no. Let's look at verse 8 to 11 together. The meaning of life cannot be found in the history of the world. All things are not only meaningless, but look at verse 8. All things are basically wearisome, boring, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. To put it another way, it's as if we drank and we kept being thirsty. It's as if we ate and we kept being hungry. Just like the Rolling Stones, we can't get no satisfaction. Because look at verse 9. What has been... What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. That's depressing, isn't it? Now, it doesn't mean that what people say, what people see, what people hear, and what people uh, do in the history of the world is bad in itself. Please, don't hear me say that at all. But that all these things that people do here say in the history of the world, one day will be tossed onto the garbage heap of history. That's a new expression I learned this week. All these things will be tossed onto the garbage heap of history. All this stuff will be consigned to oblivion. Look at verse 10 and 11. Is there anything on which we can say, look this is something new. It was here already, long ago. It was here before time. No one remembers the former generations. And even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow him. So, can you see? The meaning of life cannot be found in the history of the world because history repeats itself. And there is basically nothing new under the sun but wait a minute, you might say, wait a minute what about the industrial revolution? come on what about rock and roll? what about men walking on the moon? what about antibiotics? what about medicare? what about the latest iphone? and so on and so forth isn't that something new? what do you think? isn't that something new? well of course, yes it is But I think what the teacher says in these verses is that even if people invent more and more stuff, make more and more technological progress, people will always, always be the same. They will never, ever change. As we say in French, let's test your French this morning. Plus ça change... Plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. Did you get that? Plus ça change, the more it changes, plus c'est la même chose. The more it's the same. As human beings, we are basically stuck, completely stuck in the same space-time condition, which is characterized by two things we will never change there is no god meaninglessness and and mortality mortality is what makes life meaningless we we all die one day and that's terrible that's really terrible so the meaning of life cannot be found in the history of the world because history repeats itself And there's nothing new under the sun. Man will always be man. So life is basically pointless. Completely pointless and meaningless. don't know why you came this morning to church, actually. There's no point in going to church. What's the point? Unless. Unless. Unless there is an eternal reality which is not subjected to meaninglessness and death. Unless. Unless there is a God. Unless there is a creator in the light of whom everything makes sense. The natural world, which was created one day, and which points to him, to the creator, The history of a world, which started one day, and which points to another day. God's judgment. Wouldn't that make sense, after all? I wonder, what do you think? If the meaning of life cannot be found in this world, in this life, wouldn't it make sense to to find it somewhere else? Not under the sun, but above the sun. Not in this world, but in, in another world. Not, not in us, not in man, man but in God. none mentioned before verse 13 in Ecclesiastes. If you've got your Bible open with you, let's look at verse 13 together. Chapter 1, listen to this. That's what the teacher says. I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens what a heavy burden God has laid on mankind now isn't that interesting it is God himself who is behind our quests, our church our search of meaning if you're looking for a meaning of life today this morning God is behind it he wants you to find him So as Chris Martin says in a Coldplay song, which is not very famous, but it's a great song. Everything's not lost. Do you know that song? Parachute. Beautiful song. Everything's not lost. My friends, there is hope. That's why we need to sign up to the women's Desert night. There is hope. There is hope. I agree with Kate. Do you know what there is hope? Because God so loved the world. You and me. God loves so much a world which doesn't love him. That he sent one man. Remember? Not Adam. He sent one man. His son, Jesus. Who entered the world to live a perfect life we could never live. And to die the death we deserve. For our vanity for our folly for my foolish desire to cut myself off from my creator from the giver of life isn't that foolish to cut oneself off from the creator of life do you understand there is hope because Jesus paid the price for our foolishness and rose again conquered death Defeated what makes life meaningless to give us a living hope if we repent of our sins and put our trust in him. My last point today. Because there is a God, the point of life is what? What? If there is a God, what do you think the point of life is? It's to live for him, isn't it? It's to live for him. In 2008, three years after delivering his famous speech at Kenyon College in the U.S., David Foster Wallace wrote a two-page suicide note. And he hanged himself in his house. Look, I've read This is Water. I read this book. I read his biography. I don't know if he was a Christian. I don't know if he believed in God. Mm. But he left us with a big warning, didn't he? If you try to find the meaning of life in this world, in money, in your body, in, in your beauty, in your sexual view, in your power, in your intellect, if you live for all this stuff, David Foster Wallace tells us in another part of his book that all this stuff will eat you alive, that you will die a million deaths because you will never have enough. Never. And it won't last anyway. If you think that the point of his life is to be happy, you'll be crushed. When suffering comes along, your reason for living, happiness, will be shattered. What will you do then? What will you do? Because if you suffered in your life, you know all too well that suffering is not an illusion, is it? As Buddhism claims, suffering is not an illusion. It is real, isn't it? So don't live ultimately for the things of this world because you will never have enough. Never enough. And they won't last anyway. They'll be taken away from you. And as philosopher John Gray puts it, for most people, happiness is beyond reach. Would you agree? For most people, life is not a bed of roses. To quote another philosopher, C.S. Lewis, In the problem of pain, most people, if they have really learned to look into their own hearts, would know that they do want, and want acutely, something that cannot be had in this world. There are all sorts of things in this world that offer to give it to you, but they never quite keep a promise. My friends, don't get fooled. Just don't get fooled by the world. Have you learned to look into your own heart? Why don't you ask God today to help you see what you cannot see, understand that we've been made for him and that our hearts are restless until they rest in him, as Augustine says. So if you look for real and internal satisfaction in your life, look to God in the Bible, look to Jesus in the gospel, who is not only the meaning of life, the life giver, sorry, but the meaning giver. That's very interesting, isn't it? That was a real eye-opening for me as I prepared this talk. If you read the gospel of John, for example, do you remember what, what Jesus is called in John chapter 1, verse 1? The word in greek the logos absolutely the logos the meaning beyond the universe the reason why the world you and me exist jesus is the logos is the the meaning beyond the universe the reason why everything exists and listen to what the apostle paul says in colossians chapter 1 verse 16 all things all things have been created through Him, Christ and and for him. And if you read the gospel, you will also find that Jesus and Ecclesiastes speak the same language. Listen to this: What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Doesn't that ring a bell? That's what Jesus says in Mark, chapter 8, verse 36. You see, what's the point of living for this world? If we're going to lose everything at the end of the day, what's the point? To don't live for this world, live for God. Because he has the power to straighten what is crooked. To straighten what is twisted. To straighten what is corrupted. And that's what he will do one day when it comes to judge. And that the conclusion of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 to 14, very easy to remember, 12, 13, 14. Now, all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment including every hidden thing whether it is good or evil do you want to honor and glorify god in your life do you want to honor and glorify god in the life of your church do you and you know what to do don't you fear him trust and obey him by loving him with all your hearts by living as a Christian, as a disciple of Christ, by following in the footsteps of Christ, who entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Let's pray together, shall we, to finish. We can let the Spirit of God work in our hearts through the Word of God. Creator God, we thank you for revealing us the meaning of life and for giving us a living hope through the death and resurrection of your Son from the dead. We pray by the power of your Spirit that you will renew our faith, our trust in you, but also our hope and our desire to live,
0: to glorify you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.